But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Rewired podcast. Last week, we spoke about how God can rewire our response to times of crisis. In this conversation, we kick off a three-part series on faith, hope, and love, and how our response to times of crisis can be filled with these three aspects that 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 speaks about. Today, we chat about faith. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. We had a conversation last time, and we're going to continue this conversation about what is the response that disciples should have mm. in this time of crisis. And we are using this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, and to speak about this concept of how disciples need to respond with faith, uh, with hope, and with love in a time of crisis like the ones we're going through right now. Right. I think very relevant topics to discuss now and you know, critically important topics and topics that are sadly I think misunderstood mm -hmm. in the broader Christian movement yeah I've yeah. certainly learned a lot in recent times and I'm still learning yeah uh, but faith is uh, there's a lot more to faith than I think the typical churchgoer believes yeah and no for sure and it's critically important yeah uh, because you know Jesus you know when he said when he returns what does he hope to find on earth Faith. Faith. Yeah, yeah, so that's what we're starting with today. Faith yeah. is critically important. That's good. That's good. I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of misunderstanding that even I had growing up, but a lot of things that are being said, I mean, a lot of people think that having faith is just believing that Jesus died on the cross for you and that he forgives you of your sins. Yeah. And then if you believe in him, then you'll go to heaven one day. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily what the word yeah. of God describes faith as. So I'm really looking forward to digging into it with you a little bit more. Yeah, no, likewise. Okay, so faith starts with trusting and believing. Starts okay. with trust and belief. Now, many people, including me, I, I got stuck there. You know, I thought that, oh, you know, I'm saved by faith alone. Therefore, I've just got to believe in Jesus, <laughs> you know, that he died and yeah. died for my sins and was resurrected on the third day. Yeah. As long as I believe that, I'm good. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot more to faith than that. And there's a lot more to this understanding of belief than that. Okay. And, you know, particularly in the book of Hebrews. Yeah, it makes sense. If you talk yeah. about faith, you go to Hebrews, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> now, Hebrews uh, 11 verse 1, this, you know, one of the passages on faith mm -hmm. reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Oh, there you go. You see faith and hope again. Yeah, faith and, and hope. And we are going to get into hope, but I think we maybe just need to introduce how did the early church understand hope? What was there? Maybe you can just explain something. Yeah, else for sure. Something that I'm looking forward to discuss in the next future episodes, but hope has a lot more to do with the promises of God and the age to come and the resurrection of King Jesus and not necessarily with this beautiful optimism that things are just yeah. going to work out and be fine because exactly. we're just going to positively think about things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the hope of the early church was definitely the resurrection, mm -hmm. which was uh, the general resurrection, which would follow the resurrection of, of Jesus. Yeah. I guess that was the hope of the church was the resurrection. Yeah. And that resurrection is very simple. Is, terms. Yeah, yeah. And so resurrection is an important theme. Uh, in the Bible, and especially when we think about faith. So faith starts with belief and trust. Yeah. It is believing 
and trusting in God's word, but especially in God's narrative. Okay. Because I know you like to put it that way. Yeah, true. definitely. It's really trusting and believing that God is committed to his plan, that God is committed to putting the wrongs of the world right. There He's committed go. to his project of restoration. There we go. And redemption. There we go. And which ends with the coming of Jesus and the full establishment of the kingdom. And the resurrection. Uh, of the resurrection age and the age to come. And the restoration of all things, all creation into Christ. Exactly, yeah. Good, good. So, Those are big words that we're using, but kind of like to, to make it simple to understand as I hear you speak, belief in God is not just believing that he exists. That's yeah. part of it. But if we believe that he exists, we're believing his narrative. We're believing yeah. his point of view. We're believing that what he has to say about the world and the the future to come when the restoration comes, it's the thing that we're holding on to, yes. not the circumstances and the way that things look so bleak, especially right now as yeah. we're in a lockdown and people might be feeling like, oh man, like what are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. It's believing his narrative, not the narrative of our circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is really living now according to the values of the age to come again. We, we keep on getting there, but that really describes our life as Christians, how okay. we live. We live in the hope of the resurrection. In this Hebrews 11 passage, one, verse one we've just read, mm -hmm. we live now as though the resurrection has already come. Makes sense why it says the things that are not seen. Exactly. Because we don't see the restoration fully now, but we live as if that has already been realized. So that's the trust and belief of faith. Can, can I just say something quickly? Mm -hmm. That makes far more sense to apply that in circumstances like now than to just say, oh, have faith that Jesus died on the cross and that you're going to go to heaven because that doesn't change my reality no, right now. That That is like, okay, cool. One day I'll get to go to heaven. But what you're telling us now is that if we believe God, we believe his narrative, we're going to act as if his narrative, not as if, we act knowing that his narrative is already in place yes. and his reality far supersedes the reality that we see and touch and hear and are so afraid of in our circumstances. Yeah, exactly. It is, I mean, if I can maybe summarize it as, yeah. as well, it's a, it's a complex topic and we're using big words as you say, um, but faith is believing that God is committed to his promises mm. to put things right in Christ. Wow. And we really live out that reality now to the best of our abilities. Okay. That's the belief or the trust of faith. Not yeah. just, as you say, trusting in Jesus, but really trusting in God's promises, trusting in God's story, trusting yeah. in God's narrative, yeah. and that the story will end well. And we know where it ends, and we live now as though the story has already ended. That's so good. That, that makes me think that this involves so much relationship. You don't trust somebody that you don't know. You don't trust somebody who you don't have relationship with. You trust intimate people that you're in constant relationship with. So if we're going to have this kind of trust and belief in God, not just believe that he's real, anybody can just believe, oh, God is real. But to believe him, to trust him, to really have this relationship, it, it makes more sense to describe faith like that. Yeah. And as we link it so strongly to God's story and narrative, it also requires us to know that story and narrative. There you go. <laughs> what are the promises of God? What is he up to in the world? Mm -hmm. So we've got to put in the effort as well just to know God through through his word, you know, in, as, as you say, in relationship with him, knowing and believing and living out his, his word. There you go. And his promises. Yeah. Practically speaking for the circumstances that we have right now, this could be very challenging for, for some of us. Sure. I know it challenges yeah. me because I look at reality right now 
I look at the way things are and they seem pretty bleak and they make me feel sad or disappointed or make me want to just kind of like not care and do what I want to do and watch Netflix and kind of <laughs> eat my emotions away. <laughs> but now that you're saying faith is believing his narrative and living as if his narrative has already been fulfilled, it challenges me to not shrink sure. back and go to my corner or to feel down, but to really live with with joy, with with wow. hope, yeah. with a lot of, yeah, just looking forward to Jesus coming back instead of just feeling so down and bleak about my circumstances. Yeah, exactly. As as Christians, we there is a current reality. Times are sometimes okay, other times are tough. We're going through a tough time now. Mm. It's recognizing that the next few weeks, possibly months, are going to be really difficult. But really lifting our gaze and seeing the end of the story wow. and living for that. Wow. that not, not living for now. Not living for, not living for the dot, but living for the line. I love that saying. Okay, what, what does that mean? Ooh, the dot is really the current reality, living for our life now, mm. you know, the short term. Mm. But we are called as Christians not to live for the dot, but to live for eternity. The line re represents eternity. Oh, so my dot is like my little minuscule part little bit, yeah. in this yeah. huge yeah. line. Yeah. Put a tiny little dot on a piece of paper. Compare that to a string that goes from the earth to the moon a billion times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my life compared to eternity. Yeah, that's, yeah. So it's living now as though that future age has already arrived. Living for eternity, living for the age to come now. That makes a lot of and sense. And that really is getting to the root of the belief of faith. That, that's what more than mean. just believing that Jesus died for us. Right? A lot more. So that's what we mean when we say we believe in God. We believe his promises, his yeah. narrative. He's putting things what right. To? The age to come. We believe in the age to come. We believe in it so much we live as though it's already arrived, which that, is Hebrews 11.1. 1. That makes a lot of sense. A lot more than just a cognitive yeah uh, belief yeah yeah it, it, it forces me to be involved it doesn't let me be passive and sit back and just be like oh yeah i believe this because when i look at hebrews 11 i don't see any character being passive about their faith <laughs> every single one of yeah. those characters did something there was an active part of it they were not just sitting down mm -hmm. passively thinking yeah i believe in god they were living out the reality that god was telling them exactly Okay, so, but secondly, apart from, you know, faith being belief and trust in what God's up to, his narrative, his story, the end, end state, believing in all that, faith is also about a perseverance. perseverance. Yeah, let's consider perseverance first. And while we're in Hebrews, uh, the last verse in Hebrews 10 reads, Hebrews 10, 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So the author is contrasting two types of people, those who shrink back, yeah. but then those who persevere. Okay? And this introduces this passage on faith. You know, we are not those who shrink back, 
but those who have faith. Yeah. And then he introduces this amazing chapter on, on you know, the heroes of the faith. Yeah, it, it's a little bit sad, to be honest, that it's put in chapter 10. Oh, it feels right. like it's part of chapter 11. Yeah. And, and we know, we spoke about it last time, that there's no chapters, there's no headings, there's no verses when it was originally written. But you can obviously see that this is directly linked to the conversation of faith. Yeah, and, yeah. and sadly, even when, you know, some churches do, uh, you know, studies on faith and they, go through chapter 11 in much in a lot of detail they actually don't start with this verse it should be it's an integral part that yeah. introduces chapter 11 yeah. so faith true biblical faith also involves perseverance okay persevering through difficulties persevering through struggles, which is obviously the context of, of the book of Hebrews. No, yeah, absolutely. The Hebrews were going through a lot of persecutions. They were they tempted to compromise whether they believed in Jesus as their king or whether they were going to go back to their old ways of Judaism. Persecution was rampant and people were being tempted to go to their little corners and not live out yeah. their devotion to Jesus as their um, king and as their savior. They were being tempted to shrink back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And followers of Jesus uh, accept that life is going to be difficult. Jesus promised us, you know, he promised his disciples that as he was persecuted, we also will be persecuted. Wow. He went through hardships before the glory. We, we need to persevere through the hardships before the glory. Oh. Now the cross, you know, we carry out our cross. It's, oh, we don't like talking about these things, but true biblical faith requires perseverance. And, you know, when... When difficult times come, you know, during this pandemic, during the lockdown, yeah, are we tempted to shrink back? Hmm. Yeah, the temptation is there for many people, will be there. Yeah, we feel secluded, we feel isolated, fear is dominating. Yeah, in some cases, do we choose fear? Do we choose faith? And recognizing yeah. that faith requires us to persevere. Wow, this time will pass, you know, this difficult time will pass. Yeah. Yeah. And are we going to come out the other side with faith, with greater faith even? Yeah. Because we look beyond this to the age to come. Mm. That, that's the hope. That's what we're living yeah. for. I mean, it makes sense. If, if we're going to persevere, we need to be believing his narrative mm -hmm. far more than we believe the narrative of our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, during this time that we're going through, we are tempted with looking at the numbers and the facts and the news and the social media and being like, oh, yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. I'm going to just exactly. come like go to my room and cry about it yeah. or believe the reality of God, the narrative of God, the restoration, the age mm -hmm. to come and persevere through this tough yeah. times and say, you know what? I'm still going to hold on to my belief in Jesus. Yeah. You're going to live for the line, not the dot. Living for the line is takes persevering through through difficulties, not not shrinking back. But right. this is this is very hard. This is rewiring a lot yeah. in my head because there's a lot of things out there being said that if you have faith, things will get better for you. Yeah. Like the yeah. more you have faith in Jesus, the more money, the more houses, Ooh. the better life you're going to get. And you're saying right now that Hebrews is saying, which I think it's true, that biblical faith is not life getting better is actually life getting tougher and you're still living and holding on to your devotion to Jesus. Exactly. Yeah, that's not a popular message in the world nowadays. Even in churches, people don't like to consider suffering and hardships, but there is no shortcut to the, to glory. Yeah. I don't like considering uh, sufferings and hardships. 
That doesn't sound nice. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But of course, we don't do it alone. I think that's important to mention. Mm. You know, we obviously have the Spirit of Christ in us Come on. to give us the strength. And we have God's family. We help each other through this. Absolutely. Now, I mean, when, this is yeah, written to a church. Exactly. And historically, when the churches went through intense times of persecution, they drew closer together. They got stronger. You know, they were refined by wow. the persecution and the troubles. Wow. So how about us looking at the current crisis like that, that wow. this is a time of refining a chance to grow our faith, proving our faith through persevering through difficulties. That's a very beautiful way to see it, to look at this time, not as it's tearing us apart, mm -hmm. but this time could even bring us closer together if we use this time right. Yeah, as the early church needed to do during times of persecution and difficulties and hardships. Wow. Yeah, and not to compare like our hardships to yeah. theirs. They were being persecuted, but yeah. definitely... It's a crisis. Yeah, it it's just a different type of crisis. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely a time for us to be, yeah, pulling together in creative ways like we discussed last time, mm -hmm. but to really not allow, yeah, the crisis to dictate the way we're going right. to... Should we move on to the third one? Can can I just That's ask you one question about perseverance? Um, you are suggesting that the worldview of a disciple embraces suffering and hardships as part of this whole thing instead of avoiding it, which is what I think a lot of us might be tempted to. We avoid suffering. We avoid pain. But right now, faith is calling us to persevere through it, not to avoid it, not to try to get away from yeah. it. As you're speaking, James 1 comes to mind. You probably, I think, know that you. James 1 verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? <laughs> trials of various kinds, like the pandemic and shutdown. Yeah. Right? Verse 3. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, wow. perseverance. Perfect. Okay, so this is a test of our perseverance. Wow. You know, that's, you can see what we're going through as, as that. And yeah. we should embrace it. I mean, oh my goodness. I don't think I'm there yet, Rita. I don't know about you. <laughs> we I should come to the joy. I bring on, I'm so joyful. There's persecution, there's hardship, there's shutdown. You know, are we at the level of maturity where we consider pure joy? Because it's an opportunity to prove our faith is true faith. Wow. Because we're going to persevere and get through this. Makes Makes you makes me cringe. That's hard. Hectic. That's okay, very hectic. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very hectic. Um, I think I, I heard you once mention that sometimes we can even change the word faith for the word perseverance as we read the Bible. We could, yeah. And you were saying earlier, like, will Jesus find faith when he comes back? Will Jesus find us persevering and enduring, yeah. steadfast? Will he find that? Will he find that or will we find fearful? Um, completely like shrink back people, people who've shrunk back yeah during times of crisis saved by faith alone kind of takes a different yeah a different meaning doesn't yeah it? it's not just the mental acknowledgement this did you persevere through the tough times correct wow that's hard right <laughs> Faith is also involves obedience. Okay. Now Romans 1 verse 5 and Romans 16 verse 
25. Okay, so we're reading two uh, should verses. We, should we read those? Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? I can do that. Do you cool. want me to yeah, read yeah, the first one and then jump straight to the why last not? one? Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to read Romans 1, verse 5, and then I'm going to immediately jump to the end of Romans chapter 16, and I'm going to read verse uh, 25 and 26. It seems like these are like the bookends. Exactly. It's right at the beginning and the end of Romans. Interesting, eh? Okay. (laughs) Let me read. Um, Through him, Christ, we have received grace and the office of apostleship to bring obedience of faith among all the nations on behalf of his name. Now, to the one who is able to strengthen you according to my good news and the proclamation of Jesus, the Messiah, according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for long ages, but now is revealed through the writings of the prophets, has been made known to all the nations, according to the commandment of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Interesting. (laughs) Sure is. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, this is not a concept that you know, many people embrace. Uh, we don't like to be called to obedience. <laughs> I like to decide what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell me how to live my yeah, life. But true biblical faith, by which we are saved, remember, and what God, what Jesus hopes to find when he gets back. What does he want to find? He wants to find obedience. You know, that's what Jesus wants when he gets back, is to find the people who have obeyed him. So what does that look like? <laughs> wow, that that's hectic. So now it's not just believing his narrative, yep. it's not just persevering through the hard times, it's obedience. Did yeah. we follow through with what he asked us to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that of course plays out in, in different ways. And I know for me, I I love to just obey my feelings, follow mm-hmm. my thoughts, my feelings, what I think is best. Yeah. Uh, but to follow Jesus requires us to know him through his word, certainly, yeah. to know his commandments, right? Uh, yeah. Called to obey the commandments of Jesus and the, yeah, the, which we find in the Bible rather than just believing what we feel like believing. And also selective. Have you ever found that? That some passages of scripture are oh, really yeah. tough. Yeah. Love your enemies. Oh my goodness. That's a tough one. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. 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 <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. You want a challenging <laughs> Bible study while you're in lockdown? Study through, read through the Sermon on the Mount. That's actually such a good idea. <laughs> Just read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and try to obey everything in there. Yeah. Be challenging enough. People might say, oh, it's easier in lockdown. I don't interact with people <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But will you do it after the lockdown? Yeah. That, that, that's hard. That's, that's very challenging, but, but makes a lot of sense. You, ma- you make me remember the words of Jesus right before he goes to the cross. He tells his disciples, if you love me, Ooh. you will obey my commands. Exactly. So it's, it's this mm-hmm. concepts, once again, faith, hope, and love that are so interrelated wow. that if we love Jesus, if we have faith in him, mm-hmm. we, we will do what he says. We will obey his, his commands. Yeah, exactly. And that, of course, opens the door to the next overriding concept of faith. Uh, this word pistis, okay. which is tra- the Greek word that's translated as faith, um, actually means allegiance. Okay, so you're saying that the word that is used in the Bible for faith is the word pistis. Yes. But that we should be translating it as allegiance. Yes. Okay. That's, certain, that's new. Yeah, it is rather new and it was new for me. And, you know, if you feel challenged by this podcast up till now, you're going to be even more challenged, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Being rewired for real. Yeah. 
Yeah, just change the way we think about basic Christian concepts. Mm-hmm. We're starting with faith today. So the word pistis, especially when used in the context of salvation, has a strong element and a strong connotation of pledging allegiance. Wow. Right? So pledging allegiance to Jesus. Okay. Now that's words that you know, that's a word that we don't commonly use yes, nowadays, no. but the the early Christians certainly understood what this meant. Okay. What do you think? That that yeah. that sounds interesting. Yeah. Obviously in the context in which they were, there was empires and kings yeah. and Caesars and kingdoms falling and war and all of that. Um that makes sense to me because when I think of allegiance, I think of kings, I think of swords, I think of knights. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what I think right. about. Uh, but but how do we put that in our context? Um, what does that look like? Allegiance. Yeah, it's uh, loyalty certainly, uh, but allegiance is even a stronger word than than loyalty. Wow. It is living under somebody's rule, doing it willingly. Wow! And that my first allegiance my first loyalty is to king jesus and nothing else wow in those days you couldn't serve two kings at the same time you couldn't mm. say to the you know roman empire emperor even i'm allegiant to I'll, I'll pledge allegiance to you but i also pledge allegiance to this other king it just mm. didn't work like that no absolutely so, not so allegiance was absolutely exclusive wow you couldn't divide your allegiance between wow. different things and obviously for us nowadays we don't have kings yeah. right we have jesus as lord yeah. But we are but true biblical faith pledges exclusive allegiance to him. Wow. That we that we don't you know, that we're not allegiant to anything else, that we're not loyal to anything else, wow. like our, our careers, our happiness, our interests. Uh, you know, we can't we can't split the loyalty. And it obviously gets to the root of lordship of Jesus. You know, when wow. we confess Jesus as Lord, when we become his disciples, and that is that is pledging allegiance to him. When we say Jesus is Lord, wow! So true faith, true faith involves that pledge of allegiance and living under the allegiance of Jesus. Wow, that that's a lot, a lot that you're saying there, a lot that it, it might be a bit hard to swallow if we're hearing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I hear you saying is that biblical faith, when we understand it as that word allegiance, it demands. A surrender. Oh, great. Good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Well we done. cannot be in control and in charge of our lives and say that we have surrendered to Jesus as king. Mm-hmm. So, and you made some really relevant examples, like who has bigger say in my life, mm. my career, my emotions, mm. my finances, my whatever, fill in the blank, mm. or is it Jesus? Who has my loyalty, my commitment, my allegiance? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a great book that helped me a lot to understand this. Um, it's called Saved by Allegiance Alone okay. by an author, Bateman. I'll just throw that out. I'll just sure. remember that. And it really digs into this concept in, in, in a lot of detail. And it's a great read. I'm also trying to think of while we're in lockdown, if we want to read some good books yeah. apart from the Bible, yeah. that this is actually a great topic to, you know, to study out. For sure. Any resources that you can share with us so that we can learn yeah. better about how to truly understand these concepts would yeah. definitely help. So, yeah. yeah, definitely check that book out. But when it comes to the conversation that we're having, practically speaking, mm-hmm. how, how do we do this? How yeah. do we live out this biblical faith? Right. Maybe I'll get there, but maybe we should also just explain that allegiance really is an umbrella concept, picking up belief, trust, perseverance, and obedience. Okay. Because to pledge allegiance to a king, you needed to believe 
and trust him. Absolutely. To pledge with your heart. Yeah. Like I, I pledge allegiance to this king because I believe that he's going to be a good king, that he's going to make things right. Yeah. That he's going to rule the kingdom properly. And yeah. This is a good place to be. Yeah. So it certainly picks up the trust. Absolutely. And you believe the promises that the king will make, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't just uh, nitty willy or just like randomly choose who you pledge your allegiance to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, perseverance. You couldn't decide after one month, oh, I've pledged allegiance to this king. I'm going to pledge allegiance to another one now. That wouldn't go down too well with the king, right? No, no, no. True allegiance counts the cost. Yeah, we're getting into other biblical concepts. Yeah, no, they, yeah. It counts the cost and, and understands the benefits, and it is a lifelong commitment, commitment of allegiance. Yeah. You couldn't switch allegiance willy-nilly <laughs> Not at all. Uh, in, in the biblical times and how the, you know, the early church certainly read, read scriptures around Absolutely. salvation. That would be rebellion. That would be yeah. treason. That would be completely disregarding the commitment that you made. Yeah, and the link between allegiance and obedience is quite obvious, I think, right? Yeah. I think you pledge allegiance to a king, you decide to live according to the way, you know, his rules, yeah. the way he wants you to live. Yeah. And you do it willingly because because you trust him. Because king. you trust him. Yeah, and, and we, yeah, and okay, it is true that some kings in those days kind of forced allegiance. Yeah. But the point is that King Jesus doesn't force no, us. No, not at all. When we make Jesus king, it is because he is a good king. Mm -hmm. It's because he's much better Lord of our lives than we are. Yep, yep, yeah. And, and we trust him completely. We Absolutely. understand it's a lifelong commitment. This Absolutely. is going to take perseverance through tough times. Yeah. And we willingly obey his commands. Absolutely. Like the, the, the way that you're describing allegiance makes me so, so certain that if we trust him because we know him and we trust mm -hmm. his narrative, of course, we're going to be able to endure the hard times because we trust them. And we are going to follow through and obey whatever he says because we trust him, because we have this intimate relationship with him that leads us to actions and leads us to actively pursue the things that he does. To be honest, I thought perseverance was going to be the hardest part of, mm. of allegiance, but it sounds like obedience. Yeah. Because what if this king who I trust sends me to really difficult places or mm. times or situations and asks me to not shrink back, but to courageously lead and act and serve and give and to put myself on the line. I mean, I think about those kings back then that sent their servants to war mm -hmm. and that some of them had to lay their life and their right. body down for their king. What if I have to do that? That King Jesus asked me to sacrifice even my own self for him. Yeah, and he does, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, which is why this is so hard. Yeah, yeah. what was true in those days is relevant to us nowadays. There was a belief that what is true of the king is true of the people. Okay. And what is true of King Jesus is true of his followers. And there is, it, talk, talking about God's story and then narrative and living in such faith that we live now as though the age to come is already here. Then giving up your life wouldn't mean a thing. Exactly. Because you're already living in the age to come. Exactly. Wow. Your faith is so strong that our purpose in life isn't to preserve our life in this age. Oh, we say that again. What a Jesus. relevant thing yeah. to say. Yeah, that life is not about preserving our life, to live as long as we can in this world. Yeah, yeah. We, we we want you to make a difference. We have loved ones, etc. But it is... Yeah. It's not holding on to our life now as a, that's the whole purpose of, of life. <laughs> like that's the most valuable thing yeah. that we have found. It makes me think of another guy uh, who said it this way, 
Mark Patterson says, the purpose of life is not to arrive safely Ooh. at death. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're right. We make life about our comfort, about our safety, about our happiness, about our fulfillment and being nice and having all the right things. But biblical faith demands that we give all of that up if necessary, yeah. that if we need to be uncomfortable, if we need to be un unsafe, if we need to stop preserving our lives, but rather caring for the lives of others yeah. and caring for the mission of God and his restoration, mm -hmm. the, all, all of these things m make sense, but they're extremely hard to, yeah, to practice. Are. And when we read passages like we are saved by faith, that Jesus hopes to find faith on earth when he returns, and it's not possible to please God without faith. Hopefully we understand what that means in a little bit more detail and wow. more correctly now than we did previously. Can, can I take a bash at what you're saying? So the first passage, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, right? We live, we're saved by faith. So you're saying we should read it as we're saved by allegiance. Yeah. I know. Which picks up all those other points. Which picks Trust up. Trust and faith, perseverance and obedience. Allegiance okay. is a wonderful way. It's, it's a wonderful way to replace faith, faith then in that case. The other, the other passage you said, will Jesus find faith? Will he find allegiance? Will he find allegiance? Will he, be, will he find true followers <sighs> who have genuinely committed to his lordship throughout their lifetime? All right. And, the last, and the, yeah. Yeah, the last one is, it is impossible to please God without allegiance. Without allegiance, yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. That's a, definitely a rewiring there. Of how, how we understand rewiring, even for people who've been Christians for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm learning this stuff still and figuring yeah. out ways how to apply it and to please God okay. through living a life of faith. Let's, let's try to get a bit practical right. as we finish this conversation. How do I believe his narrative? How do I um, persevere through tough times, which we're in very much a practical way about it. And how do I show obedience in order to demonstrate and express my loyalty and allegiance to Jesus as my King? Um, how would you suggest we do that during these times? Okay. I'm tempted to encourage the listeners to <laughs> figure it out. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. If you have some, some, creative ways of how we can do that definitely share that with us yeah. absolutely whoever's yeah. listening out there yeah. for me i'm i can't remember if i shared this previously but i've set a reading challenge for myself to to read through the old testament which certainly sets up god's story mm. and i you know faith comes from hearing the word faith comes from reading the word there you go so yeah. i think the quick answer is we spend more and more time in God's word. Okay. As we do, we will understand his story. We'll understand what we should believe in. Okay. <laughs> we should build our belief in what God is busy doing in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, reading the Bible really helps me, especially when I read great stories of, of characters who have persevered through difficulties. It inspires me. There you go. So once again, I will read the word. I will be inspired by the example of yeah. the early Christians and Old Testament characters as well who have yeah. persevered through tough times. There you go. There you go. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, And of course, the word is what I need to obey. So it will certainly help me <laughs> to obey. Yeah. I, you did all yeah. three there. I see what you did there with that answer. I, I was just thinking. Being God's word. Yeah. I pray and, 
Help your brothers and sisters to build your faith. We're in this together. That's very important. I mean, it sounds impossible, doesn't it? But we got God's spirit in us, and we got our brothers and sisters to help us. I, I don't think it sounds impossible. I just think it, it requires us to be intentional and not be lazy. To go. not use this time to just binge watch a Netflix TV yeah, show or point. to be on Facebook for the rest of the days, but to rather spend time reading God's story. You said it yourself. Romans ten mm -hmm. says uh, faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. Mm -hmm. So let's read God's story so we can believe his narrative mm -hmm. trust his narrative so that we can persevere and be inspired yeah. through the perseverance of others and so that we can also uh, be obedient to his commands no no his commands so that no no his commands yeah, so we yeah. can be obedient to them i'm thinking also about this perseverance thing um, that you said um, especially in times like this i think one question that i really want to ask myself and ask the people who are listening is are we shrinking back Sure. Are we holding mm -hmm. on to our life and trying to preserve it? Wow. Or are we being trusting? Are we being obedient? Are mm -hmm. we being persevering? Um, let's not shrink back just because things look bleak right now. I think that's a very good lesson that as you were speaking, I really kind of walked away with right now. That's, that's a great challenge for all of us in these times. Yeah, so we encourage our listeners to, to take up that, that challenge. Right? I agree. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Rewired podcast and our conversation on faith. In the next two episodes, we're going to be covering the remaining aspects being hope and love. So stay tuned for those. Music for this episode was by Jonathan Ogden and In Love With A Ghost. If you enjoyed this conversation and you go to the Nelson Mandela University in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, we have a young adults group that meets on campus to have conversations just like this one about how God can transform you by changing the way that you think. As of this recording, due to the current situation, we are not meeting up physically, but we will be starting those conversations again as soon as possible. We hope that you stay safe and we will see you in the next episode.